creating cosmos out of chaos. How do you move the energy towards the light? Because what you're doing right now, you have ascended to this plane where you're working with angels, with light, with God, with this divine feminine energy, all of these things. Like, how do you go from such darkness to this light? Well, it was a couple of things. The first is that I really, I know that I chose all of it. I know that I made an agreement with whatever we call God mm -hmm. that I would come. I didn't have to come back to this world. I didn't have to live a human lifetime here. I was in a really good place on my cells in the multiverse and I volunteered for the mission. And I volunteered for the mission because if you want to channel a modern sacred text on sovereignty, you have to plunge into the depths of slavery to understand how to rewrite the codes, rewrite the DNA that has been enslaved for centuries. You, I, someone had to go in and survive the depths of elite Luciferian uh, human trafficking that's happening on this planet to actually download and channel a sovereign sacred text that activates humanity's divinity, divine genome. So when I came in, I already I already came in with the light inside of me mm -hmm. and I never lost touch with that light. That doesn't mean I didn't have a world of trauma to, to, to like mm -hmm. the human experience oh my God, the layers of trauma I've had to work through over the course of my lifetime. But I never lost touch with the light within me. And I was conversing with the angels and the ascended masters as early. I My earliest memory, memories is, is of doing that is somewhere between three and four. When you said that you had this interaction with the angels, like, what was that like? like it's how? like how we're talking right now. <laughs> so they, 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 like, they felt completely human and real to you. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't just functioning in a physical world. Uh -huh. The amount of trauma that I experienced meant that I lived primarily in the spirit world. So a lot of living outside of my body, which meant I could easily engage with with all of the, you know, the, the protectors and the guardians and the guides um, that were surrounding me. For everybody listening and watching this right now, you could share the experience, something that was really beautiful that you share in the Sophia Code, right? About yeah. that moment when <laughs> everything came through to you. I think that is that moment, mm -hmm. the channeling, the the taking, like bringing the information onto planet Earth the way that you did. Was that the turning point from the dark for you? Was that when you, like, what happened at that point? Actually, yoga was the turning point. Really? Oh. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> There was a yoga, a yoga studio down the street from my apartment in, uh, in downtown Boston. And um, one day I got off of work, got off the train, and I looked at it, and I was like, I'm supposed to go there. Hmm. <laughs> and I walked in, and there was, like, all these Indian statues, and I, you know, I didn't know what to think of any of it. And I met my teacher, uh, David, who I studied with for years. Wow. And I, as soon as I started to realize that yoga was transforming my body and helping me save my own life, I started going like literally four hours a day. Wow. So they would have back-to-back -back classes every night and that's where I would go, four hours a night. And wow. about two and a half years of that, 
I had a full-blown kundalini awakening. Was it kundalini yoga that you were practicing in the no, studio? No, no, kind of no yoga it was hatha. Hatha. Mm-hmm. They had hatha, ashtanga, mm-hmm. um, ayengar. I mean, they had, they were, it was a hardcore studio. Mm-hmm. Like they were just, they were wonderful. It was, at the time it was called Back Bay Yoga. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, and they, they were teaching meditation. They were teaching uh, like, snippets of sanskrit and chanting mm-hmm. and but it wasn't like some hari krishna environment it was i mean it was yoga in boston when yoga was not popular yeah so it was a really cool environment like really hardcore people showing up what and, was that first class for you like um do you remember that's a great question <laughs> um I just remember the first few weeks of yoga just being really confused about the whole thing. I was like, uh, I know I'm supposed to keep doing this, so I'll just keep doing right. it. It That's... was, you know what it was? It was the Ashtanga. Oh, was, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was the repetition of Ashtanga, yeah. and it was how athletic it was. Mm. I was like, all right, I can get into this. You did this spiritual yoga thing. <laughs> <laughs> how was the spiritual part, though? Because, I mean, you already came in, you had su- such interaction with the spirit world already angels, yeah. masters, and then you come into a class where it's about Hindu deities. Well, and... I went through a period at that time mm. where I was blocking all of it. Mm. Oh wow! I was in so much pain. Even the angels. Yeah. As well. Okay, so you kind yeah. of disconnected from that connection. It, that if you, had. you, it wasn't actually possible for me to disconnect. Yeah. But it would be like, say, if you're like really mad at like a family member, and you're just like, I'm not calling you, mm. and you just sort of like don't reach out. Mm-hmm. And is it easier to integrate? Like, because it sounded like coming out of that you had some time to adjust to society I, I mean honestly at that time like I, I I I wasn't like an alcoholic or anything but I would drink like almost every day mm-hmm. I smoked like I was just trying to check out oh yeah I was just in so much pain and so there's a lot less noble reasons to mm-hmm. check out <laughs> and that's like yeah <laughs> holy shit yeah. yeah so it was it you know it was I could still I could still see some of them, but there was a period of time where I really was like, I don't, I I would just force as much as I could to not see any of it because I just needed to go into the black of my anger and my grief Mm. and my confusion and just try to be human which i didn't know how to be like i really didn't like i I was like well humans do that i will practice doing that thing (laughs) they dress like that they move like that they make small talk they go to jobs they get in cars or trolleys like do the thing that they're doing like it was really bizarre for many years it's, it's taken me most of my adult life to it's, it's still a little bizarre yeah <laughs> i don't know what you mean and i didn't like it's a journey of landing yeah. yeah yeah wow so because i was so psychically open i i and and at that point too it was like i was so surrounded by darkness that was oppressing me like mm. i was forcing to shut everything down because there was so much there was so much demonic like attacks all of the time Mm. um, in my early 20s and then once my kundalini awakening happened um, there was like this full kind of oh like reunion of like there's no getting out of this there's no getting out of being me there's no getting out of 
um, these psychic gifts and there's no getting out of, I can either like try to keep hedging myself away or I could just fully surrender to it and start developing my gifts. So you had this Kundalini awakening. Yeah. What happened after that? Where did that guide you towards next? Um, well, fortunately at that time I had a, a really nice paying job. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I was even getting like, um, just like raises and just from what my work and different new projects that allowed me to financially to travel and start meeting with teachers around the country. Mm -hmm. And I um, and to start training, like, you know, I met did like Reiki mastership and mm. uh, controlled remote viewing training. So <laughs> I did a remote viewing um, when the Twin Towers fell. I was, oh, I show, I bilocated to the center of the towers. It was falling and like, I was surrounded by like three, like thousands of souls screaming. And I was like, okay, I am out of here. Did that happen unconsciously or did he? No, no, no. The week, if I go into it, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But controlled remote viewing is, is how they train soldiers to do psychic remote viewing. Okay. And so there's very specific protocols and the, the target's always hidden in an envelope. And, um, so as soon as I did, I, I sat down and I did it with the small group that they were training. I didn't just view it. I actually what what's called bilocated uh, psychically to that. And so I got to experience what it was like to so die in the astral travel. It's like in a okay. form of astral travel. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But um, anyways, side note on that, huh? <laughs> So, so, but then I started so out of that, the reason why I wanted to, tr to train with him is because he, or this program, they use controlled remote viewing to try to find missing children. And of course that like spoke to my heart and I wanted yeah. to be a part of that. I was like, well, this is how I could use my gifts. Like after that, I was like, how about Reiki one? <laughs> you know, like, let's head in a more like lighter direction. And I went and did a training with Doreen Virtue. Oh. She used to do like week long trainings mm -hmm. like years ago. I know things have changed for That's her. Interesting, right? How she made that complete shift. What's, yeah, what's, what happened to so her? She became a devout Christian and rejected yoga um, or all the things that she was teaching before. Yeah. What, so you trained, do you know this story? Like what happened with, with Doreen? I do. It was a, is a pretty big shocker for the, the spiritual world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What do you think happened? Like, why did she just, um, I don't want to comment on that. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. But it was a shocker. I, I, what I would like to say is like her work changed millions of lives and mm -hmm. then she went on to persecute the very people that she was serving for wow. over 20 years. So I, I think, you know, there's, there's obviously something that she's exploring there. Yeah. How was your training with her? It was actually really great. Imagine, <laughs> yeah. It was in Laguna Beach and I had like a really good time and met some awesome people. And it was, <laughs> like, virtue. Yeah, there it's was gotta 444 be people in the room, which I thought oh, was wow. so cool. This that's is an a, angel number. And that's cool. We had um, so much fun. And uh, I left there knowing that it was time to step into a professional offering with my gifts oh, and cool. skills. So I went back to Boston and I actually rented a room in my yoga studio and I started seeing clients mm. and I was like, okay, well, we'll see where this goes, right? Like, don't quit your day job. Yeah. 
And lawyers, doctors, nurses, which in Boston, like 25 years ago, whatever, how long mm -hmm. it's been, like mm -hmm. that was like unheard of. Yeah, for sure. But they're all secretly showing up, stuffing cash in my pockets. Like, like just, it was, it was shocking to me. I was <laughs> only like 27 and, and, you know, I had my regular job yeah. at like downtown in the financial district. And then in my private life on Saturday, like all these people are coming for <laughs> like psychic sessions and psychic. So I was doing hands-on healing, psychic surgery, wow. uh, channeling, and the people that were coming were like, I like, I'm completely different. Like everything you did was permanent. Like, I don't know what's going wow. on. And I was like, I know what's going on. I can't describe it to you, but I know that what you're saying is true Yeah. because I had so many near-death experiences. I knew where to send mm. everything that was being released. Hmm. It was back directly to the source. It wasn't to the spirit world. It wasn't to an angel. It was like, we're going to the light of God now wow. and we're going to dump it there. Mm. And when you do that, it's permanent. And so, yeah, wow. that's where, that's what happened. And then, it was actually, yeah, Dorian Virtue's training happened, and then I came home, I got off the plane, and I was like, oh, I'd been serving in Boston for a while privately. It's like, it's time to move. Hmm. <laughs> I walked into my job, and I quit my job, and cashed out my 401k, and I moved to California. Hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. So that, that was really, um, I thought for sure I was going to continue to serve just privately. Mm -hmm. um, but I was in with, I think it was only within two years I started serving publicly, actually at like festivals. So oh. what would you do in festivals? Just like I, readings with people or? There was, this, there was this group of us. It was, it must've all been divine, uh, divinely orchestrated. Yeah. There was a group of us in NorCal, um, but we would produce spiritual events before it was cool to produce spiritual events <laughs> at festivals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was really no one doing what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, the small, it was about, I don't know how many people, roughly like a, maybe like 2,000 people at the most that were all partying together and yeah. exploring consciousness together. And you organized them. I, I was just part yeah, of a crew okay, of people yeah. that would, we started organizing these events at a place called Isis Oasis. And they had this like, theater with all the um, Egyptian artifacts and um, that's where my public career started was wow. on that stage. That's yeah. incredible. And what guided you then after that into the Mount Shasta world? So yeah. I did, um, you know, I offered channelings and I would create channeled ceremonies at these festivals okay. and also community gatherings. Um, and I would still see people privately, but then there came a point where grief took over hmm. and took me out for probably, I don't even know, I don't know how many years it was. And I walked away from everything. Wow. I had a pretty like, this is before fo having like followers was a thing. Mm -hmm. Before there was social media to have followers, like yeah. people knew who I was wherever I went. And um, and then I just was like, I'm done where I'm, I'm, I'm disappearing and I took a couple of years to, I couldn't work. I could barely function. It was like everything that wanted my attention had to have my attention. Thank God for the friends. Thank God for, you know, just the angels in human form that kind of helped me get through that 
period. Yeah. And at one point, I relocated to Los Angeles, which we're here today, and um, met a very special family uh, that took me in and really helped me get back on my feet. I was studying um, Apache ceremonial rites of initiation with this family, and that in that journey, um, that was that was the turning. That was when I decided to. Well, okay, yeah. Before that happened is when Mount Shasta happened. I'm just putting it back together. Mm. Before I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. When those friends were helping me, I um, got the message that I was supposed to go to Mount Shasta. Mm. Happens to a lot of people I hear, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the mountain yeah. like calls you. How right? did the message come? Yeah. Um, it came in my heart and with words. Uh -huh. And like, even though I wasn't publicly channeling, I was still had my practice yeah, and yeah. I was still meditating. And so um, it was actually St. Germain wow. that asked me to go to Mount Shasta and he said, you're going to write a book. And I thought, okay, <laughs> um, great. Uh, so I started to... <laughs> that was the message that you're going to write a book. Yeah. And, that's why you have and to I was go like, here. oh, this is so important. And I, but I'm like falling apart in grief. Wow. So... I didn't know how I was going to manifest this because I had hardly any money. Like mm -hmm. I was living off of like n pretty much nothing in the generosity of others. Um, and I went from a really high paying job to nothing because that's what trauma and grief can do. It can right. completely wipe the slate mm -hmm. clean. And um, yeah, uh, this one person said, you know, I'll help you and help you um, rent this place for like a month and a half. Mm. And I found this Tahoe style kind of huge like home. And I was like, that's the one. And he was like, great, huh. enjoy. Yeah. And I drove up to Mount Shasta in my beater of a car. And I, the first thing I did when I got there was I pulled out anything that I had that was still mine and sacred to my daily meditation practice. And this house was full of like new age stuff with different pictures of masters and angels, some of which I had never, I'd never really reconciled back with. And I built this huge altar across the living room, like literally it just went across the entire living room. Hmm. And I was like, all right, it's begun. Now what? And <laughs> uh, I was given the instructions, like you will do the same thing every day like a chop wood, carry water situation. Right. And it was snowing out. I mean, Shasta, when it snows, like I'm just me and my beater car in this big house by myself. Like you gotta build a fire, stay warm. Yeah. Like, wow. I was like, that was the message. I kept coming back, just do the same thing every day. What was that day? What did that day look like? It was, it was um, make the fire, yeah. shovel the snow. <laughs> so you can get to the car if you need to get to the car, uh, make breakfast. Um, I think if I remember yoga was a part of it um, in the morning and then write and then eat and then maybe go for a walk or something and then write and then make dinner. And I was so, um, I was so healing still at the time for whatever reason, 
God sent a friend to live up there at the same time. And she would come over and help me make meals because I was too afraid to touch a stove or to touch a knife because mm. that's how concerned I was that I would unintentionally harm myself wow. because the trauma was so deep. Like I would just be, I'd spend an hours in the bathtub just sobbing, just like, it was indescribable the pain that I was, you know, that was releasing out of my body. But what I discovered was that the water of Mount Shasta was so perfectly intact hmm. that it felt like medicine all over my body. Wow. And I had never had an experience of water like that. Are you familiar with Dr. Emoto's work? No. no. Oh, he... thing, like mm -hmm. that you see the, the emotion of water. Yes, he, he was a Japanese uh, scientist that proved that water crystallizes according to the attention placed upon it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like, oh, you got to check out his books. Yeah, They're yeah. so beautiful. And so I was familiar with that work and I was like, and he said some of the purest water in the world is under Mount Shasta. Wow. Really? So I was sent to the, you know, a place to not only receive what was to come, but to also heal my body and my mm -hmm. soul in the process and so because they gave me the message to always do the same thing every day mm -hmm. <clears throat> it was this <clears throat> excuse me this perfect backdrop for the miracle that happened wow. because if you're always doing the same thing like a routine mm -hmm. if something remarkable is going to go down you're really going to pay attention totally. for sure yes. <laughs> like, yes. wow so, so how um, many days were you doing the same thing over? It and over was again? about four weeks, mm. and then um, it was after dinner. I finished washing the plates. Uh -huh. I was like, "Oh, cool! I built a good fire." Um, I'd brought my kitty cat up there. She was like basking <laughs> by the fire, and I went to the living room to sit down with my laptop on the couch in the same seat. And all of a sudden, it just like what had happened in the preface, like the walls started to move. I didn't know if there was an earthquake because California gets earthquakes, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, and then I was like, this isn't an earthquake. I'm <laughs> looking at the atomic structure of the walls right now. And then I noticed it started to happen to the floor and then the ceiling was gone. And then it, everything just turned to white light. And the only thing that was left, everything physically disappeared except for my body and the laptop. Oh, wow. So I was sitting in pure white light with my laptop and I was like, holy fuck, you better start typing because you're never going to believe this when it's over. Yeah. And so. So you just started typing. Yeah. Because wow. that was my access point was channeling. Were you sitting in this oh, light? Yeah. Like this white light that you were experiencing. You know in the Matrix when everything goes white when in the training simulations? Yeah, yeah. It was like that. Wow. For how long? Long enough to make it very uncomfortable. <laughs> For me, that's like seven seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what? Well, what's really, what happened was that it smelled, you know this smell when lightning, mm. when there's a lot of lightning with a rainstorm? that smell started to permeate the white light. And I was like, oh my God, that's the smell of lightning. And then I, I heard this voice uh, come out booming like thunder. And she said, 
um, I am Sophia, the one divine mother creatrix of all life. Are you listening? And I was just terrified. I was like, what is going on? And I said, uh, like the Greek goddess of wisdom. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I uh, don't want to say the wrong thing, but this is so intense. And um, she repeated it. She was like, no. I am Sophia, the one divine mother creatrix of all life. Are you listening? And I was like, yes, you have my full attention, but please turn down the lights because it is so bright it is, and you are so loud that um, it's unbearable. Mm. And she was like, okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so this piercing white light um receded where like it became golden there was a golden hue to it and that's when i started to see um the sophia dragons and all of the countless faces excuse me <clears throat> of the ascended masters um, saw the coming out of the white light and they all entered into i don't know where i was I guess I was in a living room, but there was just light and the masters and Sophia and the dragons. Which masters were you seeing exactly? The, uh, there were thousands. Wow. And they were from all across the, the multiverse. But the ones that came forward in the front mm -hmm. were the ones that are featured in sex, section two wow. of the Sophia Code. And thankfully, I had been already like mentoring with them. And then in that moment, it all made sense. I was like, oh, they've just been passing me around for the past, you know, f however long, I don't even know how many years that they had been coming to me, mm -hmm. getting me ready to remember the soul contract that I had uh, with the Sophia Dragon Tribe. So for the sake of anyone that has never heard concepts like this before, can you define Ascendant Masters? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to. So an Ascendant Master, which we talk about in Chapter 3 of the Sophia Code, is a soul that has achieved enlightenment in multiple physical earth plane incarnations, or multiple physical incarnations. It doesn't have to be specific to Earth. Mm -hmm. You can experience ascension and enlightenment on many planets in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um, there's a... There's a just because you achieve a certain level of awakening or enlightenment doesn't mean you're going to ascend. Mm. Um, what does that word ascend mean? It means that you are you have reached a learning point that you have learned everything that you can in the through physical form. And so you graduate to the much less dense um, parts of the cosmos and creation and you exist as a light body, as a guide or a teacher for other beings that are kind of in kindergarten mm -hmm. doing physical form incarnation mm -hmm. stuff. So they, they've ascended to enlightenment? Well, it's more than enlightenment because you can experience enlightenment and not ascend. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's um, you're getting off the karmic wheel of physical incarnation permanently because your ability to serve has far surpassed um, having the limitations of form. And in that new state of ascended masterhood you then communicate with others to help them on yes with their karmic wheel yeah you you when you're an ascended master you work with other masters just mm -hmm. like how we like to make communities and yeah. and um work on projects together so do they and um but usually to support the evolution 
the evolutionary arcs of a species evolution. Mm. So like, you know, we think in terms of 10 years, 20 years, they think in terms of thousands of wow. years of, of like, oh, well, I'm going to be working on this project for the next 200,000 years, you know, it's like, in the span of eternity, it's, it's really not long at all. Right. Yeah. And how are they different from angels, like guardian angels? Guardian angels, um, well, that's a great question. Uh, the angelic realm is pretty sophisticated. So there's all different kinds of angels. Mm -hmm. um, someone could, instead of ascending as an ascended master, they could ascend into an angelic form mm -hmm. and choose to, um, but there are also angels that have never been in form. So it's it's kind of a, a mixed bag of, we could go on a long mm -hmm. conversation yeah. about <laughs> angels. Star nations can be angels. That sounds um, beautiful. What's up with star nations? Yeah, what? What's up with star nations? Uh, well, uh, star ascended star nations have achieved the ascension of their planet. Huh. And so then they act as spiritual guides for other species and planets to go through the same process of ascension. And when a planet ascends, what happens is the physicality of the planet merges with the star that it's orbiting wow. and they become one. That's so beautiful. Yeah. The planet and the star exist as one. We and could so use them. Are, are, are they beings like star nations? Are they like alien type of? But people Being use the word sorry. alien. Mm -hmm. I like to reserve that word for the weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that I don't want to hang out with. <laughs> the ones I don't want to hang out with, I call them aliens. Yeah, yeah, but the ones that I adore, I call them star nations. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. And how do they look like? Oh, God, they're just as, every species is just as diverse as, you know, just how every person, no two people, like, yeah. I mean, exception of twins, look the same. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they're it's 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 startling how beautiful creation is wow. like there are so many species that are just as conscious as we are actually quite more conscious i'd hope so yes let's be honest here. yes <laughs> and i think you know what the reason why they're so deeply woven into the sophia code is because there's a lot of star seeds here on the planet this time and mm. those are souls that have come on a mission on a volunteer mission like myself, uh, that are connected to ascended star nation um, civilizations, and then you you know there's a lot of souls here that are masters, um, that are here on this planet to help with the great shift, the great awakening. Mm. Is that what is um, going on now, here? The, yeah, I mean, that's why we are experiencing so much polarization, yeah. so, many, so many extremes, so much um, oppression and control because populations are waking up, yeah. mm -hmm. humanity is waking up. And once you flip on those light switches, you, you can't turn them back off. People know too much. Right. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. the world, I think it's, it can't really, I mean, it's over talked about and can't really be disputed. Um, that we're more fragmented and there's more there's more darkness at the same time as more light but there's so much energetic frequency shifting at this yes. point um and it's exa exacerbated over the last every year it seems to be exponentially magnetizing itself they're not even trying to hide their dark agendas anymore right yeah it's and and that's when you know things are spiraling out of control i like to think about 
you know, we really try our best because there's so much confusion and there's so much yeah. darkness. We think it's really important to understand it, to be conscious of it and to awaken to it. Great. Yet at the same time, cultivate the light within. Oh, there's no other way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can't look at the dark unless the the darkness on this planet without collapsing if you do not really know the truth of the sovereign Christ light within you. Mm, tell me about that. Well, that's what the Sophia Code activates within us. Every one of those key code initiations has been given to us by specific ascended masters. Um, that's one of the things that happened um, at Mount Shasta. Mm -hmm. Was they said, we they, they said we we are asking you to um, bring Sophia's love letter to humanity. Mm. Wow. to help humanity reclaim its sovereign divinity. And at that time, I had never heard the word sovereign. I mean, it was just, I mean, I was like, what? Awesome. But you heard this as you were Oh, typing. yeah. That's like... how I channel. Okay. So you hear. I hear, I see, I feel, I know. Wow. All four psychic clairs. And so when you were, you know, channeling this information, yeah. the Sophia Code was being given to you. I was you... being given the commission. I was being asked, are you willing to bear both the blessing and the burden of mm. this commission? Uh -huh. um, and I, of course, said yes, <laughs> some hesitation. Uh, <laughs> and then I said, don't call me, I'll call you. Because the resonance was so high, I could barely tolerate it. Like with the trauma in my body, I, 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 could, I was, whoa, so taken aback. I was like, I got to train. I gotta get clear. I gotta mm. go. I gotta go handle some things. Mm. I'll, don't call me. I'll call you. And two years later is when I got the message: like, no more waiting around, girlfriend. Time to go. And so that set me on a seven-year journey to channel the book. Wow. And in the process of that, around around like year four is when I saw the divine genome. Mm. And so that's what section two of the Sophia Code does. It activates the divine genome. And so the divine genome is the spiritual technology of your soul. It's the fingerprint of God that you are, mm -hmm. and it exists within every cell of your body and the metaphysical, the metaverse of your DNA, like yeah. the, the subatomic <laughs> universe of your DNA. There exists these crystalline chromosomes of every virtue that is a quality of the divinity of your soul. So when we think about our carbon-based DNA, our biological DNA like makes your eyes this beautiful blue color. I can't tell if they're blue or green, but your beautiful eyes, your DNA is making your beautiful eyes and yeah. your DNA is making your cool hair. And you probably had something to do with that. You know, it's like, but your DNA is responsible for that, right? And it's like the divine genome is responsible for carrying your soul's virtues such as faith <clears throat> um creative genius mm -hmm. and we all have all of these divine virtues of god equally every soul has it equally but it's all been configured uh, uniquely per soul so mm -hmm. every soul has a unique fingerprint and this divine genome at any point in any physical incarnation can be activated and bridges of light can consciously be created between the divine genome to your physical DNA. Mm -hmm. What happens then? That bridge of light is going to override with time your biological DNA so you can start functioning from your divine DNA. Mm. 
Now, because it's crystalline in nature, that means you can download an infant, like an ever increasing amount of your higher self's light. So there's no, there's no um, limit to how much of your divine light that you can embody in this world. And at first, when I saw this as like an actual technology, it's like a motherboard of your soul that can operate both your human awareness and your biological DNA. And I was like, this is crazy. You want me to tell the world about this? And they were like, absolutely. Why, like, you have to tell them. And I was like, nobody's going to believe me. They were like, it doesn't matter. You still have to tell them. And as I was downloading this information, wrestling with it every day in my writing room, I started to notice that I started functioning differently, operating differently. Like, my thoughts were changing. My behaviors were changing. Like, my body was changing. Like, I... I was like, this is really working. Like I had to test drive these teachings on myself for years before I released them to the public because it's a pretty big statement to say. Mm-hmm. So what I realized in that journey and what the Ascended Master showed me is like, this is why there's accounts of like Jesus shining like the sun in his physical form, mm-hmm. right? Or the saints where they just have this radiance that starts mm-hmm. to glow out of them. It's like, that's actually an indication of how much they've activated their divine genome and allowed the integration process to happen with their human form. Like we we so over identify with our human form, but it's Mm -hmm. just a momentary gift Mm -hmm. that the soul is given to assemble for itself. And if humanity wants to get out of a slave mind mentality, this is the key because the divine genome is the source of our sovereignty. It's hmm. why we can exist in a slave matrix and break free of it. Right. Wow. And how do you hone in on it? So these key code initiations in section two of the Sophia code flip all those switches on. And then? Then <laughs> I had to channel like six curriculums for a mystery school to teach people how to live the day-to-day reality of changing into their higher self versus their human self. Wow. What does that look like when they start to shift? What did that look like for you? You tried it on. I tried it on first, Mm -hmm. thank God, because then I knew how hard it was so that it was I was going to have to teach about it for the rest of my life. (laughs) And that's the burden. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way because I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that embodying your higher self Mm -hmm. is the daily practice. Mm -hmm. It's what the ascended masters like Jesus or Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene meant when they say we are walking the way. This Mm -hmm. is the way. The way is to allow your divinity, which is the greater part of you, to come over to uh, baptize your humanity mm-hmm. and to and to regenerate you and to literally begin the process of ascension every day in your physical form. Wow. That's true awakening. But that means you have to look at every codependency, every addiction, yeah. everything that you are keeping yourself from being sober to your sovereign divinity. Mm-hmm. That means you got to have honest conversations. You got to examine like, am I really doing my divine purpose? Yeah. Uh, did I marry the right person? Am I living in the right place mm-hmm. on earth? Like, can I accept who I really am? Um, like all of your chakras become activated o- over time with the divine genome activations. It's like you are coming online as a divine spiritual being, radiating that that light from every cell of your body in a world that is that is committed to remaining asleep, mm-hmm. will violently oppose your awakening mm-hmm. because it makes 
the you know it's so uncomfortable it makes people really it makes people yes. crazy yeah. yes. they're like what do you mean you're going to change on me and become a this you know holier than thou person it's like you're not even doing a holier than thou thing that's their defenses to not wanting to wake up mm -hmm. and so what we do in our mystery school is we we guide and mentor people and what it really takes to spiritually wake up and stay in your embodiment, your higher self embodiment. And so that's why we often use the term Christ light or Buddha light, which mm -hmm. is to us, all those terms are synonymous with source light. Um, that That is the light within me that kept me alive, mm -hmm. right, from when I survived. And it's the light um, that we are working day and night as an international movement to activate within as many human beings on the planet right now. It's an international phenomenon, and it's just, we're just getting started. I was just going to say, it feels like you're just getting started. We're yeah. just getting started, so look out. <laughs> we're coming. What? I the love, language I... was just so beautiful. Oh, The language of it, like, it's, it's really different language that has no negative. So everything is really, that's what I loved about it, that everything is really speaking to, to that higher light and yeah. to, to the light being, as Eckhart Tolle would say. Yeah. <laughs> It's such a high frequency that when it was first released, I would get emails from around the world that people were passing out just holding the book. I'd get emails where people would say, I love your book so much, I can't read it, so I sleep with it. <laughs> this one woman wrote me and she said she carried the book around her, around the world. She went on a around the world journey. She said, yeah, I had your book in my backpack for a year. You didn't read it, but I was... That's it's just so interesting, right? There's like Swami Vivekananda, apparently he could sit with a book Mm -hmm. and just get it and read it and then he would say he could say like page well it wasn't that <laughs> that's <laughs> they really the energy cool. of the book with them <laughs> but the transmission of yeah. the book was so activating when it first got downloaded onto the planet that it actually did require a mystery school to mentor people and how to take it in mm. and i love that you brought up the language the language because the, it was presenting the language of the ascended masters and there would be so many people that would come to me and be like, I can't, I can't even read one sentence. It's so beautiful, but I don't understand the language. And it, and I had to be okay with that. Mm. And then over the years, as the transmission of the Sophia Code became integrated more and more within humanity, mm -hmm. people were picking it up and being like, Oh my God, I read your book in three months, you know? And it was just like so, so amazing to mm -hmm. see when a collective consciousness decides we're going to integrate this on behalf of so many people who are not ready for this level of mm -hmm. a high resonance will do and then it opens the door opens the gates mm -hmm. for more and more people mm -hmm. to receive it mm -hmm. i'm so glad if, that you love that you love yeah, i think if you try to read something like that with your logical brain like any channeled yes. words yes. like mm -hmm. the secret doctrine try to read that with your logical brain that doesn't really work mm -hmm. and you have to tap into something else and it's more of an act of listening. It's a different kind of reading. I, I really enjoyed that it. you just shared that. That's what Mother Mary teaches us in the in the Sophia Code, and which we're going to dive into a lot next year is active listening. It's listening beyond the words. So it's like a full body listening. And it's really integrating what is coming out at you from those pages, right? Like when you mean full body listening. So it's taking the energy of the words into your being. Well, yeah, it's the energy of the words, but it's actually a living, it's a transmission. Mm. Like, actually, it's interesting that you brought up, like, the yogic path, the guru, like, um, 
I'm not a guru, but that that book is actually a transmission from the masters who were gurus in their right. own right. And so that book itself is the transmission. Mm-hmm. And it works on you body, heart, and mind simultaneously. So some people may be conscious of one part of themselves getting mm-hmm. activated while other parts are like, they're, they're mm-hmm. still getting activated, but they might not be conscious of it. It's also doing this other cool thing. It's activating and cleansing and clearing every one of your physical incarnations that you've ever lived simultaneously. So what we do in the mystery school is we help people pace themselves because it can be so, we, we call it a lightning path, a lightning medicine, because it, it clears like lightning through so many parallel lifetimes and traumas simultaneously. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you find that what this gift that was given to you to bring this forward, Yeah. did that also help you through your own healing path? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm who I am today because I was so blessed to be able to channel the Sophia code. Yeah, hmm. it totally saved my life. So looking yeah. looking back, you said it was a hard decision. Like obviously the big you knew the the responsibility that it that it would bring oh to you. Oh my god. And then you said the blessing and the burden. Yeah. When you look at it now, how like how do you feel about where where it's brought you and and the process that you've had mm-hmm. to go through for it? I love who I am becoming um, in this embodiment, but for many years I I deeply struggled being a public figure and a survivor of human trafficking. Um, you know, I've definitely been publicly attacked for who I am. I've been publicly attacked for writing about dragons. I've been, you know, it, there's no end to what you can be attacked for Mm -hmm. when you decide to reveal your light and step into your leadership and then you add on to it like this really is a modern sacred text like that's a really big statement like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of really big statements in the sophia code that i had to sign up to being the the author of Mm -hmm. and you know at the end at the end of your life it's not between you know what you and 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 other human beings think about you it's like at the end of your life it's like did you show up to what you said you were going to do with god it's it's that simple you know did you you show up for what you said you're going to do with god with god Mm -hmm. god inside of you and whatever you call source god of all that is creator Mm -hmm. creatrix mother holy mother holy father whatever that is you signed up for something or you wouldn't have gotten the human body you got what is it to you the energy of God, what is that yeah. to you? Uh, the energy of God is the source light. It's the womb of nothing, the, the nothing, the void. It's both. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, radical love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that source consciousness speaks to me. Well, in this lifetime, it speaks to me through the feminine voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other lifetimes, I've heard that voice as the father. You know, it doesn't source God. It's 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 not about gender. It's about God will show up in whatever voice you need to hear it as. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. What about the feeling that you have when you're in that presence of the source? Like you talk about everything mm-hmm. falls away. That's not important. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about the dragons? 
Yeah, I love, just, I love dragons. I love talking about dragons. They're like one of my favorite topics. Well, you said people attack you for the talking about the dragons. Oh yeah, because of the. Um, they're like, oh, she must be channeling like reptilian, mm -hmm. alien shit. Do you believe in the reptile people? Oh, I know that they're real. Really? Oh, who do you think is a part of the ruling of these families on this planet? The dragons, did they come <laughs> to you in during your Mount Chasta channeling? You mentioned them earlier. Yeah, they were there at the beginning. They were the most beautiful things I've ever oh. seen, like ever seen. These are, these are not... Um, like earth-based dragons, which are cool. I love, I love, mm -hmm. I love earth-based dragons. They're great. These are, um, these are what are called seraphim. So in, in the angelic order, there are different types of beings that are different like species of angels. Mm. And one is called the seraphim and a single seraph or a single seraphim is called a seraph. Like, uh, so, and the chief, like every angelic order has like a, a, a chief. And in this case, the seraphim have two, <laughs> and they spiral as DNA in the sacred heart of oh. the divine mother. And um, so the two, those two are called the seraphiel, and um, they're not attached to any planet. They're not attached to any universe, but what they showed me is that their hearts and their wombs are one organ and so they are a part of birthing creation. Like God is not, it's the source presence, the thoughts of the source presence is what gives birth to the physical, but the angels are a part of maintaining the physical sense of reality. Like the source is just the light and the nothing. Mm -hmm. It's consciousness, <laughs> right? It's the love of that consciousness that creates is a part of co-creating um, form, but it, it it's created angels to be a part of that, different angelic orders to maintain the universes of form that we're experiencing. <laughs> so there are different kinds of seraphim, but at the the very top are these Sophia dragons, and they every one of their scales has an eye, and their eyes sing like they're constantly singing the songs of what I call the songs of Sophia, but they're constantly worshiping the divine and their singing is what keeps like contributing to creation, like orbiting <laughs> in its, in its mass. And there's like, when they cry because God is so beautiful, like it looks like diamonds and little lightning bolts that come out of every one of their scales. And they're so big that like, they can give birth to an entire species in their heart womb or a planet or a universe. And, what I discovered in my channeling was that a lot of species don't realize that they go back to these dragons or other original creator species. And so if they look deep enough in their unconscious, they see dragon mothers. <laughs> they see things that make them feel really uncomfortable. And, you know, a lot of what's happening on this planet is playing into like preying on those fears. Mm -hmm. um, so they teach us about what it means to be a sovereign creator because they are dedicated to birthing only species or planets through sovereignty, meaning they do not control the outcome in any way. They are simply the sovereign birthers of form for the Divine Mother. Not the only birthers, but pretty major players. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So during that time um, in Mount Shasta, was that the only time you've seen these, encountered these Sufia dragons or have they come to you 
Oh, many yeah, times. no, we're good friends. You're good friends? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't, just to be clear, like, these are beings that I interact with all of the time. Okay. So, yeah, that's why I dedicated my life to to sharing about them. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's an ongoing co-creation with them. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and it's something that you were also saying how you, when you invoke like different divine energies, right? I mean, yeah. Sophia code, there's all these codes. Every code. There's key codes. A, can you explain a little bit more? Because I know a lot of people that are listening and watching this is their first time hearing yeah. about this. So <laughs> can you just explain what what is this key code? What does it mean and how, how does it work? Yeah, so that's such a great question. Mm. Um, a key code is your unique signature of, mm. your, of divinity. Mm. So everyone was made as a fractal of God consciousness but we're all unique. So mm-hmm. your unique soul signature is a key code. And in section two, the Sophia code, every chapter is dedicated to a different key code that's a part of like their mastery and their interaction with this planet. Their soul's interaction with this planet has created such, um, has become a part of the collective fabric of our identity as human beings. So like, whether you're Catholic or not, like Mother Mary is one of like the most famous people on the planet, mm-hmm. right? She's a part of the fabric of, mm-hmm. of our story. right? And so each of the key codes featured in section two are, they represent such a, a, a deep part of what we need to awaken within our hearts and in our psyches to reclaim. They represent when the divine genome when populations had successfully activated the divine genome in um, great numbers. And so what happens when that happens? There creates golden ages, Mm. enlightened societies for periods of time on the planet. So each of those key codes um, represents, well, not all, they represent some aspect of golden age ascension some shift in humanity's collective consciousness. And whether you've ever heard a white buffalo woman or not, like she's a part of humanity's, like the fabric of humanity's mm-hmm. journey right now mm-hmm. in a big way. Same with Green Tara. Mm-hmm. Like, oof, how many thousands of years she has influenced and how she was um, connecting with uh, channels here on the planet and mm-hmm. how much her teachings have affected all of Asia the whole world at this mm-hmm. point in yeah. our modern society. So mm-hmm. these these featured key code souls ascended with such high level teachings, revelations, and an understanding of what it takes to activate this divine genome and live in that operating space within you. Mm-hmm. And so as you meet these souls and you receive these initiations from them, two things happen. They choose to mentor you. They're, they're, they're signing up to mentoring you for the rest of your life as spiritual guides, which is a really big deal. The second thing that happens is as you mentor with them every day, you start to recognize your own key code. Hmm. It starts to awaken the master within you. Wow. Wow. Your own power. Yeah. Hmm. So that's the journey you go on with them. And so a key code... Every single key code that's ever existed is is a part of the fabric of God. And as we each awaken and maintain, to maintain um, an embodied state of awakened coexistence with one mm-hmm. another, 
<laughs> we start to awaken to the truth that, that we're not all of God, but we are definitely part of God. Mm-hmm. And there's no turning back from that. Then you start to really, you start to play the game of life in a totally different way. Well, like earlier you said that it becomes a practice, like a daily practice, because I think a lot of people think of these kinds of awakening processes and enlightenment and whatever it is that they imagine it might be. Yeah. It's like, oh, now I've read okay. the book. Yeah. <laughs> I activated the genome. Yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. But the truth in whichever denomination of what it is where you're trying to push your your consciousness to rise and to rise and to continue, it's an ongoing life journey. Um, so do you imagine that that is a part of somebody's karmic wheel? So for that life to see where they get to? Or is the goal then to become to a point where then you yourself transcend to ascended masterhood? Yeah, as I shared earlier, like to become an ascended master, you have to achieve an embodied, stabilized, awakened state for multiple lifetimes. And you have to create a legacy of love. Mm. There's like, it's kind of like you're getting your doctorate being a soul <laughs> you know, like, what kind of amazing thing are you know you're going to co-create you know it's like becoming an ascended master means you are the like one of the most mature beings in the universe right mm-hmm. like it's not just a cool thing mm-hmm. it's like you are serving billions of souls most people can hardly get up the willingness to serve like a couple of people yeah we're talking billions of souls so when you start to mentor with them you wake up pretty quickly to the uh, eternity of your divine purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but as far as like, they're also very compassionate, which I love because certain people are only going to get to a certain place in their spiritual journey in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, it's just like everyone has, because one lifetime, if you think about the movie of your soul, like every lifetime is a scene in your movie. The movie of your soul. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. It's gorgeous. Some scenes, they're going to be different than others. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. I've never heard it put like that before. Mm. It's, it's really nice. And how do these codes, maybe you can talk a little bit about the correlation with the chakra system. Because. Yeah. I mean, chakras, energy centers. Absolutely. Mm. I love that. Um, the chakra systems. Yeah. So with the Sophia code, it doesn't, not only does it activate the divine genome, mm-hmm. that's like the foundation of the temple because mm-hmm. it's in every cell of your body, right? And your body is the temple of God. You are the temple of the God, the divinity of your soul, mm-hmm. right? So there's all this um, additional spiritual technology in your body, like the eight major chakra system, but there's other additional major chakras. And there's literally like thousands of little chakras all over your body, Mm -hmm. as I'm sure you know. And so each of the key codes, like each of their initiations, which um, happens at the end of each of their chapters, activates a particular center. So Isis activates the root. Mm -hmm. Now, this is really important because Isis is also deeply connected to the Kundalini practices of ancient Egypt. Right. So and that's where the snake lies. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yoga. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Kundalini um, as a technology is also being activated by mm-hmm. these initiations. And so when you have the Kundalini running, you have all the major chakra centers open, you have the divine genome functioning and overriding um, the biological DNA, and then you get the crown to the Katika channel from the crown to the heart, 
fully clear and open, it's showtime hmm. <laughs> for your embodied divine purpose. Hmm. So, um, yeah, we are definitely addressing all of those more so in the mystery school. Okay. We do speak about the Kundalini quite a lot in the mm -hmm. Sophia Code um, because I went through such a honestly like physically painful awakening right. for like 10 years wow trying to integrate how uh how intense that awakening was yes. <laughs> but something that um really connected why i was talking about the, the connection yeah, between the ascended more. master in the divine feminine masters and the chakra system there you there's something about the the white buffalo woman that you you speak spoke of before this yeah. and how she is connected at the crown the crown what's up with the white buffalo <laughs> mark's question what's up <laughs> we've been talking about it and i just i need to hear it from you because this is the i i was familiar with so many of maybe the you can explain to matters. him what what she is and what yeah she like give us but then i don't want to go chakras <laughs> <laughs> let's go from the base let's go from the base from the base of what i mean from the beginning like okay. who what does the white buffalo woman represent like what is her divinity and, and how she serves do you want me to go through the chakras first? Which one goes with which? Sure, yeah, let's do that. You're really going for it with the yeah, chakras. Yeah, exactly. No, okay. yeah, I'm so intrigued by it. Because <laughs> it ends with the white buffalo, so we'll get there. Yeah. No, it actually ends with oh. the dragons. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm into that too. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> so uh, we've got Isis at the root. Mm -hmm. Thank God helping us with that kundalini awakening mm -hmm. we have actually we even though hathor is she of a thousand voices we actually have her at the sacral chakra mm. because hathor was such an extraordinary being on this planet her mystery school spanned half the planet when she walked the earth like millions of people were initiated by hathor so if you want to talk about like manifesting from mm. sacral chakra mm. prosperity like the kind of prosperity that births a global movement like you're mentoring with Hathor at your sacral mm -hmm. chakra when did she walk the earth about 300,000 years ago oh my goodness mm -hmm. and where does give or take like 50 or 100,000 years but we can give or take yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, is this, whatever this... we see about ancient Egypt is just like so... the end like we just have like the pieces of yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of the total decline of what was really Egypt mm. and so Hathor Hathor. Hathor. Yeah. She's from Egypt. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have no, like this, that one was completely new to me as well. So yeah. Is... And then she ascended to Sirius. Well, she oh. was consciously shape-shifting between her Syrian form and her earthly form while she taught on the earth. And that's why, another reason why we featured her in the Sophia Code. It was because that is our human pot potential right. is to be able to um, have complete uh, mastery over our physical form and to shape shift as needed for our divine purpose. Um, uh, that's a whole other bag of cats. To yeah. talk about. So, anyways, uh, but, she sent, <laughs> but she went to Sirius, or she, yes, she ascended and so Sirius? did some of her highest initiates. They all ascended together oh, wow. in the ships, and they also um, disintegrated their attachment to most of their form. So when you meet them in the Sophia Code, you, you'll you meet them, it's like they have a lot of angelic wings and eyes, like they only kept what they wanted to keep as an expression of who they are. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that would be an example of an ascended star nation energy. Mm. Sirius has played a huge role yeah. in our life. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. We even got a little tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, Green Tara, Hathor, Isis, these are all mentors in the Sophia Code that are connected to Sirius. Oh, my wow. goodness. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, it's a guiding star. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Perfect. So it's the witch? The guiding star. It's so bright in the sky. Oh, yeah. We've been following it for years. Yeah. I know that, like, Literally following back. Oh, there's our stars. And we're in that direction again. What do you like? Literally, yeah. it's a constant oh. in our life that yeah. tells us exactly where we need to be. Yeah. It's the really dog star. The dog star. <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. Okay, so after we after we have um, ascended to Sirius. Or... Well, Green Tara, she actually did not ascend from this uh, planet. She ascended in the Syrian star. Before the Syrian. <laughs> before her planet that was orbiting one of the Syrian stars before they merged she spent like eons incarnating in Sirius Ooh, some pretty full-blown martyrdom lifetimes and then she ascended once that planet ascended and then Divine Mother asked her to become an ascended master here mm. like overlighting humanity's evolution wow. uh, from India Tibet so the age of Shambhala was because of Tara's arrival to this planet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she governs the solar plexus center mm -hmm. because it's our star, it's our sun, and her name in the Sophia Code is she of a thousand stars um, because she really gets us in touch with our connection to the star nations mm -hmm. and our angelic mission here. At the heart, we have Mother Mary, of course. Yeah. And that's what next year's journey is all about, is the journey to activate every petal of the lotus flower of the Anahata chakra uh, to fully open. Because the heart chakra is actually a two-part chakra. You have the Anahata chakra, um, but there's a stargate once that's fully open to activate what's called the Hrit chakra, which is the only chakra in the body that each petal of that chakra contains the superpowers of the human body. Hmm. Every other major chakra has what's called a vitri, uh, which can represent a samskara, an obstacle to your awakening. Mm -hmm. So as the kundalini arises from your root chakra traveling to your crown, it is clearing out all of those um, samskaras from every major chakra. But once you clear them in the anahata heart chakra, which Mother Mary is a master of, mm -hmm you with the master support can go in and begin the process of awakening the Hrit chakra um, at the throat we have mary magdalene which couldn't be more appropriate because this is a woman that's been silenced for over two thousand years it's experiencing a big comeback yeah. these days and um she was such a powerful orator such a powerful channel um she had so much to say she's so intelligent um what was, she, what was she like? I mean, we obviously, she has been silenced and basically eliminated out of the scriptures, right? Oh, <laughs> how about being called a whore for 2,000 years and right? talk about defamation? Mm -hmm. There's a serious defamation suit there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, lawyer up. <laughs> yeah, lawyer up, Mags. Uh, yeah, no, she is... Um, there's, you know, there's so much content that people think that is Mary Magdalene, both Catholic as well as New Age, that I have, you know, I don't participate in, the, in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of that. But what I do know is what's in the Sophia Code is the heart of Magdalene. Mm. 
<laughs> and she she was like you know walking with an art not just an angel like an archangel in human form like she was so gifted she was a child prodigy she was incredibly psychic she was training in mystery schools from like the age of three like her family was extremely wealthy she wasn't forced to marry anyone which was unheard of at that time <laughs> like her mother had a secret divine feminine practice that you know so it's like she was way beyond her time. Wow. Yeah, she and she was gorgeous and, you know, had style for days. I mean, she was the everything and women were jealous of her and wanted to be her and would project onto her. And she had so much compassion and so much show up. And she was an extraordinary shamanic healer. Hmm. Like she was performing exorcisms side by side with Jesus. Like. And the irony of this is she was written in the Bible as though that in her first meeting with Jesus that he had to exercise her. Yeah. Which is insane because they were sitting side by side in these fields teaching together. Wow. As gurus. Side by side with the same level of training, same level of miraculous healing power. But his masculine presence was there to protect her to be able to share I mean, talk about Jedi mind tricks. Imagine being in front of thousands of people that could stone a woman to death. Like any man had the right to stone a woman to death hmm. at whim if she broke some like weird law of yeah. the time. Wow. And so when they would sit side by side together, you know, his presence and, and their consciousness was so awakened that they could soften the hearts for people to really receive her as a master teacher. Mm. and a, a, a ceremonialist, a facilitator of sacred space. So that's why we have her at the throat. Yeah. There are millions of women worldwide that are in the process of healing thousands of years of persecution and censorship and atrocities mm. just for being women. Mm. And, and the divine feminine has been persecuted within men and women alike for centuries. So we have her at the throat to help us, you know, really claim our message in this lifetime mm -hmm. and at the third eye which is interesting we have Kuan Yin mm -hmm. where she is um, guiding us in how to be the compassionate witness beyond the empathy beyond the empathy yeah compassionate witness the compassionate yeah. Christ witness or Buddha witness mm -hmm. doesn't get um, how do I say it doesn't get run over by empathy so you can feel really bad for someone, but that could block your ability to serve them as they really need to be served in their sovereignty. Mm -hmm. huh. People often over, over it's codependency. How do you stay out of codependency? How do you serve through sovereignty? Mm -hmm. You have to see the Christ within each person. You have to see the perfection of the path that they chose. Mm -hmm. And you have to interface with them from that perspective with all the compassion in your heart, but not being steamrolled by your own empathy for what they've survived. Yeah. It's a really powerful balance that she mentors us in. Mm. Because as you ascend to the crown chakra, you've got to have shiploads of compassion for the ocean of suffering that everyone is so animately attached to here. Yes. And so <laughs> when we open up the crown chakra, that happens with white buffalo women, because white buffalo women Her, her, the decision to make what Buffalo Woman Key Code 7 in the Sophia Code, the, the parameters were you had to have existed in physical form to make the cut. Like you couldn't um, 
you couldn't just be a spirit guide. You couldn't be an ancestor. You couldn't be like an angel that never been here. You had to. You had to have really come and served others, like a, an entire population, a legacy. And Buffalo woman is. She descended directly from um, the Sky Grandmothers, which is an ancient order, uh, angelic order that oversees the ascension of this planet specifically. Hmm. And she is, um, <clears throat> she took on form to do it and to bring her teachings to the Plains people. Um, and in that process, what, what, what are we, there's this whole story at the beginning of her chapter about how this man tries to rape her. And as he runs towards her to rape her, she literally <laughs> turns him to dust. Wow. Where he just turns to dust and bone at her feet. Why is that? What is this? mirroring to us of what's possible mm. what it's saying to us is are you really ready to believe in the power of your divinity because the power of your this physical form has no hold over the power of your divinity mm. the power of your divinity is charged with commanding miracles for keeping creation in harmony and balance that means if something's about to violate the sacred you have the power to decimate it hmm it's an interesting mirror white buffalo woman brings to us. It's hardcore. When you get to mm -hmm. the seventh plane, the seventh plane, the seventh chakra, what's happening is, is like, are you for real? Are you really here to serve according to the divine will of your higher self, your divinity, God? Because that's a really different than like what your ideas about leadership is mm. or serving. So meaning that you may have to do something that you, I mean, to turn someone to dust, it, it's pretty extreme. It's pretty extreme. But what is that saying? It's saying we don't have to accept being raped anymore mm. as a species. Mm -hmm. And it brings back balance. It helps yeah. protect the divine. Yeah. It's just more than even the decimation of what that which would destroy life. What she's saying is, I commanded that in a moment. Like we have this idea that miracles have to unfold over long periods of time and they can happen mm. instantaneously. And if we're going to get the job done in this lifetime, like the planet is at a pivotal moment. Yeah. Humanity is at a pivotal moment. We have to believe in our ability to command miracles, command miracles in our bodies, in our community, in our businesses, in our nations, in this mm -hmm. world. And that's that's a big responsibility mm -hmm. because then you get to see that miracles actually that you have way more power than you've ever given yourself credit for, which most people are terrified of because they do not think they are apt um, stewards of that power. Mm. Most people have very low opinions of themselves. They've mm -hmm. been taught to believe that they're just human. But when most of you is actually a divine soul that's a fractal of God consciousness, why wouldn't commanding miracles be part of the deal? We have to begin the process of accepting that. The crown chakra governs um, claircognizance, which is divine knowing. So if you know a miracle is supposed to be commanded over something, an opportunity, uh, a situation, a population, like if you can see clearly because Kuan Yin's guiding your third eye, Mary Magdalene's mentoring you in the exact words to say, and white buffalo woman is like, let's go. You got your technology like up and running. It's showtime, it's go yeah. time, let's go. So then what <laughs> happens, what's going on at the East Chakra? It's the Sophia Dragon. So the East Chakra is about a foot and a half above your head, above your crown chakra. 
It's called the soul star. Why would we have dragons at the soul star? Well, because they're mentoring us in, in our ability to keep accepting ever increasing amounts of our own soul's light downloading into your body. So if your body is a physical vessel, a chalice, a vehicle for your soul's light to come into this world and your body has the technology to anchor and integrate, not just anchor, but integrate so that your human awareness starts functioning as a divine master. It's going to take dragons to like seraphim, angelic beings to help guide and mentor you in that level of accepting your own magnificence and your own sovereign creative power to birth any paradigm of your choosing. Uh, that's so powerful. Wow. <laughs> have you... So this was happening with the chakras, <clears throat> the Sophia Code. <laughs> <laughs> and that's incredible. So when, you know, you are working with each of these divine masters, you're also at the same time, like you're balancing all of those energies, right? Yes. Yeah. That's what I love about the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. it, the, the feminine principle is so committed to harmony, harmony mm -hmm. balance, yeah. um, expressing every facet of our beingness, not repressing or mm -hmm. controlling any part of us because we need every part of us. Well, exactly. Every yeah. part of it, it serves a, a purpose, right? Yeah. You can't just have one activated and the other one is, you know, working at house. And that speed. happens a lot in New Age spirituality. Mm -hmm. People running around with activated imbalances in their crown chakra yeah. or their root chakra and like oh i'm a tantric blah 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 and they're just like s just slopping everywhere like right. sexual energy and it's not helping anyone it's it's becoming it's creating obstacles mm. because there isn't like this full full taking full responsibility for the full balance of the mm -hmm. body and all the powers of the chakras because if you get a fully activated root chakra and your heart chakra is keeping it balanced like you're not going to use sexual energy in a weird way that's going to harm or mm -hmm. manipulate people mm -hmm. yeah you're going to use so well it for said. good yeah mm. you're going to cultivate it yeah. you're going to use it for your creativity yeah. you know you're going to really think about the kind of partnerships or relationships that you mm -hmm. get into and same with the higher centers like people can have a really wide open third eye but they're not even in their body down mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. and so they're really ungrounded and you make really not great decisions when you're yeah. not grounded or connected to the earth plane. What, what can we say to people like that? I mean, spirituality's come to such a new new age and new mm -hmm. level. Yeah. Where it's just there's like it, a, a fashion of spirituality yeah. now, right? Like oh, you there's think? A, yeah. Yeah, there's totally. a lot of people that are wearing I love that you're speaking to that. <laughs> different hats and and even like the terms divine masculine, divine feminine. Like you hear those words being used so often in many different ways same with magdalene and, mm -hmm. and jesus like their relationship is being manipulated to no end to sell products and workshops and things that have nothing to even do with them so how do we guide people to get to a point of understanding the the practice if you met the people in our community in the sophia code community our certified leaders the people who have attended every curriculum mm -hmm. every event First of all, they don't even look like the same people because their whole bodies shift into their higher self embodiment. Yeah. But they are some of the most beautiful, grounded individuals I've I've met in the New Age spiritual movement because we preach that it's one day at a time. And mm -hmm. look, the powers of your chakras, your psychic gifts are not party tricks. You know, it's like mm. it's here to serve 
like like most of what we see on the market right now out there is spiritual infancy and what we teach in the Sophia Code Mystery School is spiritual maturity. That's beautiful. Because it seems like the infancy, as soon as somebody gets a taste of something coming mm -hmm. alive in themselves, they're like, how do I apply a marketing plan and put it on Instagram and move <laughs> to the jungle? Totally. And it's like, whoa, well, it's just the That's beginning. That's an interesting thing that you, that you just said, you know, because I spent so many years in seclusion, not wanting anyone to even know what I was doing mm. because I wanted to test drive and make sure all of this really worked right. yeah, yeah. on me. And, you know, to come back to your great question, it's like spirituality is to heal and transform your life so that you can show up to the offering and the divine purpose that you said you were going to fulfill before you ever came here. Mm. So if you're not in your body, if you're not in your daily practice, what are you doing? Yeah. What you're doing is you're looking for a spiritual binky. A witch? A binky. Binky? I don't know. Binky. You want a titty in your mouth. You want spirituality to feed you That's like a, a mommy, and you're going to scream and, and rant and rave until you get what you want. I want my next spiritual high. I want my next spiritual this or that. And it's just like, oh, wow. yo, you just want a binky? We don't have any of those here. You should go try someplace else. They've got plenty of binkies out there for you. Yeah, there. Yeah. That's... Well, you mentioned like the daily practice. What does a daily practice look like for you? Yeah. So <laughs> my uh, service is a big part of my daily practice, mm -hmm. actually. Like I, I don't know what other authors or influencers necessarily do with their lives, but I show up every day to this movement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as far as like a normal practice, it always involves actually going back to your question, a lot of people are ungrounded in the spiritual world because they do not do strength training. Hmm. They do not, they're not in their physical bodies. They're not creating resistance. Like the body needs physical resistance to integrate high level spiritual experiences. So if you're always looking to get high off spirituality, but then you're not taking the time to actually in emotionally integrate mm -hmm. and psychically psychologically integrate through a physical practice yeah, yeah um you just it's it's going to cause a disassociation from the body over time so what kind of strength training do you i do? work with a personal trainer five days a week Amazing. and i've done it for years so i my gym is like church for me wow like you... i show up i hate my workouts this past couple i just started with a new trainer <laughs> and i'm just like oh my god you're so creative and i hate everything you're doing like <laughs> wow <laughs> And then I always think of them at the end, but like I dread my workouts. Is that, are you morning workout person? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm up at 7am with my trainer every day. And that puts you on the track for the day. And then I work out at night too. Wow. Hey. Wow. Twice oh a yeah. Day. Because what, after I'm in business meetings all day, yeah. um, talking to clients, managing team, dealing, mm -hmm. you know, being on social media, doing the whole like, Hey everybody, we're still here serving you. Mm -hmm. Like got to take it back I, you know i do like i know you said you like pilates mm -hmm. in, in my evenings usually like pilates or yoga yeah. or some kind of cardio and then the morning is always strength training yeah. it's amazing thank you no that like i think that 
a lot of people get lost in their work. A lot of people get lost in their spiritual path. And yeah. I think that what you said that's really beautiful is that to come back to your to yourself, yeah. to that which to close to the day off to, too, right? To like yeah. start the day with connection to yourself and the grounding. Yeah. And then you do everything that you have to do, and then you finish oh. with the day. That's that's such a beautiful cycle. Thank you. Start yeah, in twenty twenty two, a yeah. day for a very active person with a movement like yours. Yeah. We have our own thing going on, and at the end of a fucking day, that's like it's. The yeah. only thing you have left is to come back to yourself. That's it. Or you drift it's, further and further not away with each day. I follow. If I follow my my daily routine, yeah. every day I'm a little less who I know I should be. Mm -hmm. Like drifting in the water away from shore. It's a great. It's a great word because when you have so many people that you're serving looking to you to be an example, mm -hmm. you can you can lose yourself in that. Oh. In the business part of oh, it, yeah. the business it's is just insane. like it's. Oh yeah. So how do you how do you balance the business like with, the, and spirituality? That's like, yeah. We we have our methods and ways, but it's like it's this Sometimes constant it's like. No, I don't. I I don't. I'm not gonna. It's always a work in progress. Yeah. Like always. I mean, always. especially when you have a business, the first few years, like, you know, one thing that I love that Tony Robbins teaches is that your company is like however many years. Like, say you've had your company for three years, you're pretty much dealing with a toddler, a mm. three-year-old. So when yes. you're you have a three year old, you're you're you know you're still feeding them all the time. There's dirty diapers to change everywhere. Yeah. It's just like, you know, potentially depending on how long you know when you do potty training and all that. It's just like, it's still a hot mess. Oh yeah, hot 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 mess. Like oh. until about seven years old. So it's like, I I think I have so much compassion for business owners because it. Yeah. You know, everyone has a fan has fantasies about oh I'll just start my own business. Yeah, yeah. it's just That's like okay you. It's a fashion now, yeah, for sure. And to really stay the course as mm -hmm. a business owner, like I really believe true authentic business owners are, are it's such a way to change this world. If, if you look at like what they were trying to do during the pandemic, they were trying to wipe out business owners. Of course, mm -hmm. yeah. And it was the business owners that kept things steady regardless of the oppression that we yeah. were all facing in our society. Hmm. It, you know, it was like everyone that came to work for me, they didn't have to make a medical choice about who they were working for or when. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's just like that that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but that also means that, like, you're the first one to clock in, you're the last one to clock out. Everyone else gets paid before you do. Mm -hmm. So there's years where, you know, <laughs> that yeah. hurts. So you mentioned Tony Robbins. Yeah. Do you like, do you find inspiration from him? Like, has he been a... I did, um, I did one of his Miami masterminds, one of oh. those week-long Miami masterminds. Wow. Yeah. How yeah. was that? It was super intense. I bet. Yeah. That guy's a maniac. Yeah. He's, he's um, a force of nature. Like, yeah. to watch him um, perform and serve um just just from i really i mean i thought of course i was very interested in the topic but when i went i really just wanted to watch him and i wanted to watch his team mm -hmm. i just wanted to see how the environment functioned i wanted to see and i learned a lot oh my god i mean like i don't know what they're using but i think they're seriously using artificial intelligence to be i i don't know that for sure but like literally the music was always on point and the lighting the moment anything changed <laughs> like within 10 seconds or less if he was like you know trying to really help somebody and the whole room's crying like the music in the lighting is perfectly timed wow. and then if he wants everybody jumping up and i mean this is happening within 
anywhere between two to five minute intervals mm -hmm. for oh, yeah. hours on end. That's really. Did beautiful. you find it super transformative? Like even just a, a weekend like that? Um, I like. I I learned some things that I don't think I could have learned anywhere else. Wow. Like he, he's a master. Oh my God, I you know, it's incredible. I mean, starting boho. Yeah. Like when we were first getting yeah. in on this, I used to run on a treadmill and just, just put listen, Tony yeah. Robbins on. Yeah. There's a reason run. he's been around forever. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Right? And like, yeah. Uh, and like, and then that led. I mean, what about like Jim Rohn? Did you ever listen to like his mentor, Jim Rohn? Not, not so much. He's no. really interesting. Yeah, I like, like he's a so I guess Tony's he's, story. He's got a bit of a humor. To yeah, him, he's really Jim funny. Yeah. So Tony's thing was he ended up working for Jim Rohn, and in that journey, like sort of where he learned how to be Tony Robbins. So when yeah. I heard that, I was like, Jim Rohn, check. Let's go mm -hmm. check that out. And he's a really like he's actually I still listen to him from time to time because he has some very basic, simple principles that I think people can take and adopt into their life. Yeah. Um, to not just build, as he would say, like a fortress of wealth to protect your family, but to build a life that, of responsibility and a life yeah. of like showing up for what you agreed to do. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And that's why I love when you said that, like <laughs> that's, that's the spiritual path, but it's also the human path. You know, Jesus taught, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. If your prayer for service is sincere and you have authentically chosen to come here and serve, like all these things will be added onto you in the timing that your soul deems fit. There's no God in the sky waving a wand. It's like, this is between you and your higher self. Right. Yeah. Mm. And um, I love what you brought up about like the simple practices. Some of the other pieces that help me ground throughout the day is I always like candles. Oh, wow. All over my house and yeah. on my altars. Like that happens every day. Yeah. And it happens. It happens in the morning and it happens at night. What's it about that? Oh, my God. Well, first of all, candlelight always raises the frequency of a room. Angels sure? love. Yeah, She's I love a candle queen. I love right candles. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'll, we'll so leave you feel, at an you know, Airbnb. Like, even at Airbnbs, I'm like, we need to get Where's some more the candles. candles. Yeah. Where's the candles? Well, it like, always clears the vibration, yeah. keeps it really high. And for me, it's a form of gratitude. Like, it's a fire offering mm -hmm. back to all of my guides and my ancestors and... I don't know. Fire is just a really important element to me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't yeah. even know, like, I don't even know. I don't even know what like life would be without it. Mm -hmm. And then I also, I always put fresh flowers around my house, my mm -hmm. office, mm -hmm. like fresh, like arranging fresh flowers as a part of my practice. Um, I have a meditation room. I have all my tools there for when I want to like fully download. But that doesn't mean I necessarily. I used to meditate every day, mm -hmm. but what happens is if you meditate long enough your whole life becomes the meditation your whole life becomes the ceremony mm. and years of my meditation practice got me ready to spend years behind a laptop mm. oh, wow so that's so that's really interesting <laughs> like actually doing the things i do for my business in this movement i don't always like them mm. of course but it's a meditation to do them yeah. anyways that's that's so interesting, showing up, surrendering yeah. to the process of that, yeah. which is your service. Yes. And that's a beautiful, it's a walking chop meditation. Wood, right? Chop yeah, wood, chop wood, wood, carry water, let's that's go. Literally, that's our mm -hmm. laptop life. Yes. In the sense, right? And also like the way there's so many tools that you use to ground yourself, right? Like the candles and the workouts. Um, incense too. Incense? Every like day. Palo Santo? Or, or? I use Palo Santo to clear. Uh-huh. And then I use incense, uh, to make an offering back to life. Okay. What kind of incense? Um, I have uh, 
I would love, I'm happy to actually send you some. Okay. <laughs> sure, I'd love it's to so beautiful. It. Okay. I don't know the actual name, but it, I think it comes from um, it, either India or Tibet. Okay. So, oh, but it's, beautiful. it's got a lot of sandalwood mm -hmm. in it and sandalwood just really connects me to that, like mm -hmm. devoted divine, like the devotion to divine love. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh yeah, I might've just had to do a thousand meetings today, show up to teach in class, mm -hmm. get on YouTube live, like the endless, endless. But thank you. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks for all the, thank you for all the blessings. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. Like it's easy to get into a space where you don't say thank you. And I often think like about Kali Yuga, right? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. is this truly Kali Yuga? Um, and what brings me joy when considering Kali Yuga is that the other side of it is the golden age. Yeah. Um, and so but least... that golden age doesn't happen with enough awakened people. Mm. That happens one heart at a time. That's beautiful. That's why we're working day and night with mm -hmm. the Sofia Co movement. Fuck, I love that. It's the only way it happens. And you think it's possible for us to create the golden age? Yeah, I do. I actually mm -hmm. do. I think it's possible for the Luciferian matrix to actually collapse on itself. It's kind of collapsing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just look at what's happening right now. Like we were saying earlier, more and more people are starting to just slowly question. Yeah. Slowly wake up. Some not so slow. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> some, are... some are just like, there's like a little like, huh, really? Let me think about that. How does that resonate with me? You know, yeah. like slowly it's it's happening. And I think we have to believe in that and and focus on that. Like what you're doing, one heart your mission, like you you're saying one heart it. at a time. It's so beautiful because, you know, one person at a time that's going to connect deeper with their heart. And even whether it's, you know, through your tools that you offer, or maybe it's right. through other tools, Absolutely. like there's always a path there's for so everybody. Yes. Um, and it's important for all of us to explore those paths. So, you know, read a book and see how that, re you know, connects to you. Maybe it doesn't connect to you. Go do a yoga class. Maybe go do a bhakti yoga and sing in kirtan with a bunch of friends. You know what I mean? Like there's always Just different Don't ways. stop exploring. Exactly. Keep going. Yeah, Demon. like open, <laughs> opening our heart to all the possibilities of awakening and light that is out there for us to explore and walk towards it and not be afraid. And I think also through that, we will find that community that we're searching for as well. You know, finding those mm. people and, and what you're creating is so beautiful because you're creating a community with, you know, the, the mystery, what you're saying, right. like the, the trainings you. and the, the Sophia code yeah. and your you're, beautiful example of taking yeah. darkness and creating light. light. Yeah. Thank you. And now you, you also mentioned earlier, you're now going to be working on a second book. Yeah. Yes. Finally. <laughs> After birthing like six curriculums. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be. Ooh, I'm going to be completing the manuscript in real time as we take this live journey and wow. receive um, the next series of divine genome initiations from Mother Mary. So the book is going to be the book is called Mother Mary Speaks. So the entire book will be from Mother Mary mm. and her teachings on how to open the Anahata heart chakra mm. completely and keep it open. I'm not even saying that I'm there yet. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens as I re receive all these downloads from Mother Mary. I, what I do know is that because the silent war against humanity is so intense <laughs> that it's a war that no one knows how to exactly know how to talk about or articulate, mm -hmm. but we're all suffering from it. This is the perfect time for her book to finally come forward because the, our heart chakra is actually a stargate. So the way it functions when it's fully open is that 
every aspect of divine love gets to be expressed through each of the petals of the heart chakra, mm. which means that you get to experience the invincibility of divine love. And if we had millions of people walking on the planet that were fully embodying the invincibility of divine love, they would no longer back down. They would no longer fear evil. They would no longer fear speaking up and embodying their truth and fully embracing their divine purpose. So yeah, opening the heart is the journey for 2023 with yeah. Mother Mary. Hey, man, it's happening. It's yeah. already mm -hmm. starting. Yeah. And I think you're just going to throw some gas on yeah. the fire. <laughs> it's a jet fuel on there. <laughs> it won't, it won't yeah. melt steel beams, though. So yeah. <laughs> how do people find more information about all of this? Yeah. And how do they connect with you and, oh, my and gosh, learn more about thank you? you? So you would visit my website, which is my first name and my last name.com. So it's K-A-I-A-R-A.com. Mm -hmm. And um, it's all there. The mystery mm -hmm. school curriculums, um, how to connect with our community. We're actually launching a membership app simultaneously with the um, Mother Mary Speaks Live journey. Wow. So there's going to be like 13 live classes with me, but we all also have like 11. Um, we have we call our team Team Angels. So it'll be 11 Team Angel study sessions. We'll have ceremonies, personal rituals, and yeah. They'll be getting all the material before the public does in 2024. Wow. So that's amazing. That's incredible. Wow. It's going to be, I'm really excited about it. Wow. I'm really excited to be writing all next year. Just, just that. Huh. So yeah. Channeling Thanks for letting that. me share about that. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and we'll of course add all the links and everything in the show description so yeah. people can awesome. go and click and, and learn and, and dive deeper into this incredible work that you've done. Thank you. Kyra. Yeah. Like what, what you're doing is, I hope you know how, how much is changing the world. So thank you so yeah. much. It was such an honor to be here. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you, Juliana and Mark. Thank yeah. you. I've had so much fun today. Like, <laughs> these are the kind of conversations I want to have all of the time. Like this is right. just such yeah. a rodeo, so much fun. Yeah. Just like thank you yeah. for, thank for you being well. so amazing and, and spreading your light and get and really opening the door for so many people around the world to safely explore their spirituality. Very cool. That's so well said. Yeah. We all got. We all have to do it. We all. It's all. We all work together. That's yes. right. Yeah. yeah. So it's an, it, honestly, it's been an honor. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs>